everybody and welcome to this episode of Cold Talk. I'm your host Cole Martin, so thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. I know you can message me questions or topics about the show. You can tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Also, to thank my brother Landon Martins for the amazing artwork on the page. To see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at M R F A N C Y L A N. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about wrestling as on Saturday the WWE Extreme Rules Premium Live event happened, and there is a lot of talk about this event. Uh, we had six matches on the night. They were all had stipulations, which I think the first time in Extreme Rules history every match had a stipulation. Uh, but a lot was happening on the night. A lot of uh, great entertainment throughout the night. But if we're going to start the show off, we're going to start off without talking about a match because there was a major, 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 major reveal at the end of the show. And it was the unveiling of the White Rabbit. So I'll go into detail what happened dur during this. So... They're showing the credits, they're getting ready to like wrap up the show as the winner of the main event was getting his hand raised. And then all the lights went out. The people went absolutely crazy. The fireflies were lit up, lighting up the building. And then we heard an eerie tune that we heard so many times in the past. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. Sorry, my singing's got awful, but it rang throughout all Well Fargo's uh, center. Uh, then all of a sudden, after every chorus, we got to see a familiar face. One of Wyatt's pre uh, puppet pals from the Firefly Funhouse were in full-size humans. Uh, around the arena. First was the pig. Second, I believe, uh, was the witch. Third, we had the vulture. And then we had the rabbit as well at one point come out. And then after each four of those showed up, we they cut to Michael Cole and Graves at the desk where we seen the mask of the fiend laying on their desk. And then there was one last cut. It was uh, what seemed to look like the fiend, someone wearing the mask at least, on the field. Uh, actually, down the field, on the, uh, in the arena, uh, in the corner right next to the uh, ring, pretty much. And then the song kept going for a little bit longer. And then we cut to a scene where we've seen the Firefly Floodhouse, all the puppets laying down with dirt all over them, with dust all over everything. Then the TV came on saying, you ruin the world, you ruin the world, and this guy had a mask on. Uh, and then... Out of nowhere, we've seen this light with this big bright door coming out of nowhere in the middle, right by the entranceway. Uh, we hear the sound, everybody just losing their mind at this point still. As we see, the, uh, let's just mention on the TV, there's a character with a mask on, a brand new mask. It looked like, I think it was like a little bit of a freaky rabbit mask going on. Uh, but either way, we got to the door, the door gets kicked open, uh, the lights turn out, and all of a sudden around the corner of the door, we see a lantern coming towards us. Which almost gives away who it was. It was the man that was on the TV in the Firefly Funhouse in the little promo they did right there. Uh, just before him coming out. He removes the mask and behold, the place loses their mind. This is honestly, might be the loudest I've ever heard of an arena in my entire life. As Bray Wyatt 
comes out from under the mask and everybody just loses it. The place is going crazy and Bray Wyatt just says, I'm here, blows out the lantern. His uh, creepy music that he usually had when he was part of the Wyatt family came on with, with all the random noises. His logo comes up on the screen and that is what ends the show. And my God, this was perfect. This is absolutely perfect. This might be the greatest return in wrestling history. I will tell you that right now. The way every seed was planted throughout the last month, we're going through all this white rabbit clues, all these things that are happening, to actually giving us what they promised that night. It was absolutely fantastic. The spectacle of the whole thing that night as well was absolutely great. We got to see each of the puppets up that were a part of the Firefly Funhouse. We got to see the Fiend a little bit uh, there as well. And then the reveal of Bray Wyatt. Is, this was just absolutely pure entertainment that was incredible. And the best part is this didn't involve him having to beat somebody up, have to get involved in somebody else's business. It's just him coming out saying, I'm back, I'm ready to go, let's do this. And, and honestly, it seems like he's going to have full creative control, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. God knows what he's going to be able to do with this control. Again, I don't be surprised if this man is WWE champion within the next year. Uh, I, I think a lot of people will deserve the opportunity in the next year at some point to at least go for the title that I believe should win it the way they're going right now. But just with this spectacle by himself, without even getting in the ring, without doing anything, by saying two words, I'm here, he's already became easily the top star in WWE, it feels like. And it's just absolutely incredible. It, it, it's great. I'm so excited to see what this is going to lead to here now for WWE. Now that the rumors are officially true, Bray Wyatt is back. Uh, the WWE is definitely going to be the same again, it seems like. And it seems like week after week, we're getting big star after big star. Just keep on rising their stock. Uh, this we I guess, I, I've seen people say this online, but they might actually be true. We might be going into uh, possibly one of the a golden age for WWE, a change in age for WWE. We might be seeing stars get raised higher and higher. We might see viewership going higher and higher if they keep doing what they're doing right now. But again, that is what time will tell. But Bray Wyatt is back. Uh, one of the greatest spectacles, again, I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, amazing job by WWE. Amazing job by Bray Wyatt setting this all up. And God, I am excited to see what this is going to lead to here in the future because there is a lot lot that we can do with this so we will see what happens but as of right now Bray Wyatt is back in WWE in what an absolutely incredible way to end Extreme Rules but now let's get into I've got that's all that excitement let's get into the actual matches on the night which we'll start off with the main event on the night which is the fight pit match which we had Matt Riddle taking on Seth Rollins with Daniel Cormier being the special guest referee for this match uh, this match pretty much worked out for Riddle in the beginning because the beginning was pretty much start off with the MMA fight, uh, just from punches and kicks, uh, trying to get some submissions in there. So the ex UFC fighter uh, got advantage in the beginning, but then uh, we would have uh, Riddle get into a little confirmate, uh, confront with uh, Cormier as he would end up hitting him while he was going after R uh, Rollins and. R Cormier got in his face saying, do not do that again. You're not here to fight me. You're here to fight him and held him against the cage. And that would allow Rollins to take advantage of this one. And then the tables would turn on Rollins in this one as he would end up getting in, uh, Cormier, hitting Cormier a little bit. Cormier would grab him, throw him against the cage, saying the exact same thing. Do not touch me. I am not here to t do anything. You do your thing. I'm just here to confirm everything what's happening. 
So then that would lead to these two uh, going at each other a little bit more. We would even see Seth Rollins hit a RVD-style frog splash after climbing the cage and spinning around and hitting it. It was a great move by him. It was awesome to see. Uh, this would lead to Rollins starting to play some mind games with Riddle as he would end up mocking his foe as he climbed to the second level of the fight pit. Riddle ended up following him as they would brawl take place up there. We had Cormier trying to tell him, "Do not, you can't, I can't count you guys up there. You have to be in the ring to do all this stuff. Uh, we would see Riddle getting hung in the air as he was trying to push him down. Then we would see Riddle wrap around the steel that was holding the cage or that holds the cage when they lift it up. Wrap it, uh, went around it and had uh, Rollins in a chokehold. Uh, then we would see these two go at a little bit more up there. Then we'd see Rollins, which was I was kind of scared of because I didn't know what was going to happen. We'd see him do a buckle bomb against the upper level of the cage. Of course, that goes wrong. God knows what could happen because that could, that cage would fall off. Probably hit some fans below. So a very risky move. And something I know they probably checked quite a few times before the show to make sure that it happened. But a really cool move up there. Then as we've seen Rollins trying to hit the stop, we've seen Riddle reverse it, turn into an RKO up there where we'd see Rollins slowly roll over and fall off the thing. Uh, he did kind of do it in a safe way where he kind of held on for a second and then fell down. Uh, then we would go back into the ring for a little bit. Uh, we would see, I don't know, actually, but well, the reason he got, uh, uh, Riddle got back into the ring is because he jumped off the st second level of the fight pit, dropped down, and hit a broton from the top of the cage onto Rollins below. Riddle then one put up, one put up a triangle choke on him as Rollins did everything he could to try to wiggle free out of it, but ultimately he had to tap out. As Cormier called the match, and that gives Riddle the win, and what will I expect to be the end of this rivalry? But this is a good dose of revenge for Riddle, uh, a needed revenge for Riddle, I feel like. And while, and this is a good stipulation for Riddle as well, because one, he is an ex-UFC fighter, so he does have the advantage in this match, and so it gives Rollins a reason to lose this match as well. But overall, absolutely fantastic match. A lot of good things happen in this match. A lot of uh, exciting things, especially the first match of this. The first time ever this match being on the main roster. It worked out very, very well. Uh, good job by everybody in this match. I thought it worked out well. And the, it, the interesting thing in this one is, too, is Cormier never got involved in this, really. He just gave warnings to both guys. Never punched anybody. Never did anything to sway into another person's advantage. So, good job by uh, by WWE on that one. I have him just do anything. Just be in there to be a star in the ring, pretty much. Uh, but overall, great match at the end of the night. I thought it was fantastic. And Riddle picking up a very, very big win as now both these guys will go the separate ways. And for Seth Rollins, we don't know what's going to happen for Riddle after this event. But we know Seth Rollins on Monday night will be going for the U.S. Championship against Bobby Lashley on the season premiere of Raw. Now to our first of our two title matches on the night, which will go to the latter match. We had Bianca Belair taking on Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, and both these stars took advantage of the ladders in this match. We had Bianca running up a ladder, prompting against the ring apron. The uh, champ laid out the challenge of the flat ladder and creamed her with the standing springboard moonsault. Uh, Bailey returned the favor of a modified sunset flip that would throw Bianca Belair into the corner, into the ladder. Uh, but one of the coolest things in this bout, we had Bailey running along the ring apron and landed an elbow drop to Bailey across the ladder outside. Uh... Bailey would also remove a piece of her brace to try to attack Belair, but Belair would flatten her with a KOD, which allowed her to climb the ladder and was touching the belt, and that was until Damage Control decided to get involved as the, the, uh, Dakota Kai in EO Sky interfered. Uh, Bailey, Bailey, Belair were able to fade them both off as they kind of botched KOD uh, to the two women that had both of her on their 
both women on her shoulders doing the KOD. Uh, this is a traction that's allowed Bailey to get the upper hand as she would uh, be able to, I think, hit a rose plant on her on Belair, Belair, if I can remember the names now. <laughs> uh, but then after that, we'd see Bailey put the ladder over top of Belair as she tried climbing it. We all knew what was going to happen at that point as the strongest, the meanest, the S of WWE would pick up the ladder uh, while it was on top of her and throw Bailey off of it. This will allow Belair to take advantage and she would end up uh, picking up Bailey and a part of the ladder. Do KOD where Bailey would land on the ladder. And that was all that wrote for this one as we would see the belt, the champion Bianca Belair retain her title as she would take the belt down and pick up the victory in this one. Again, another great match. A lot of cool spots in this one by both these women. I thought they did a very good job. The only issue I have this match, and this is a very, very big issue because this could cause a lot of problems in the future here, is that uh, Damage Control looked very, very, very weak in this match. I am surprised they're the only ones to interfere in this match. I thought we would have Liv Morgan and Asuka come out in this one to try to help Bria, Bianca Belair like they have throughout the last three weeks. I know they got beat up last week. But still, Belair taking out three women, a whole faction by herself, and still winning the matches. Not good for damage control because I feel like they lost a lot of credit in this match. So that's one down from this match, I would have to say. Because uh, future-wise, I think a lot of people look at damage control now and say, well, you couldn't beat one woman, so how are you going to do this? But it also makes Bianca Belair look good, which I don't think she really needed to be, in my, in my opinion. Uh, so that kind of brings down, I think, my overall thoughts on the match. But overall, this was a good match. There's a lot of cool spots in this. Just wish there was a little bit of help coming out for Bel Air. If you have people interfere for Bailey, have people interfere for Bel Air. So it kind of evens things out a little bit. So you don't look make the damage control look bad. But overall, Bianca Belair wins this match. She will retain the championship. I do believe Bailey at some point is going to get her revenge. And I think she will become the Raw Women's Champion at some point here. Uh, but only time will tell. She might go for the SmackDown Women's Championship now, which we'll talk about that here in just a second. Uh, but either way, Bailey uh, still going to be looking for some titles to win at some point here. Uh, but she's not going to get it done in Extreme Rules as Bianca Belair retains her Raw Women's Championship. And speaking of the other Women's Championship, we'll head over to the SmackDown Women's Championship match as the Extreme Rules match between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey as this match... Had its good moments and had its bad moments, I will say that. As at the beginning of the match, Morgan tried and absolutely failed at trying to get the bat she brought to her with her, which allowed Ryder Rousey to snatch the bat and consider using it before sliding it outside the ring. We would see these two go at each other for a little bit. Ryder Rousey had advantage at first. And then Morgan, while she was taken out uh, underneath the, the siding, she got a, a fire extinguisher and blew it into Ryder Rousey's face. That left... Uh, Morgan would be able to grab the bat, but then we had Ronda Rousey would grab it, take it from her, and smack her in the stomach, which left a pretty good mark on her stomach in that one. And then Ronda Rousey just went crazy, hitting her left and right with the bat. Morgan finally hit Ronda Rousey at the chair to give her some time uh, to recover a little bit. And as, like I mentioned, these matches had a little bit of uh, some weird spots in it. A uh, good spot, we had Morgan hitting a doing a senton to the table like she did on SmackDown to Lacey Evans a while back. And then we had... Uh, a moment where they had a chair set up in the corner. Uh, looked like she was trying to throw Ronda Rousey into it. Uh, sent, Ronda Rousey was trying to throw Liv Morgan into it. She avoided the attack. When Liv went to stop herself, she knocked the chair out of the way. Uh, she was supposed to do a move where she was supposed to push Ronda Rousey into it. That she kind of like a cold breaker from the back and then push her forward into the chair. The chair fell down and she messed that move up as well. She had to do it twice to try to make it look 
complete the move, which did not look good. It looked very, very uh, bad, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, then there's just nonstop just them hitting each other with weapons, uh, like uh, just cra like crazy. Uh, then we had Ronda Rousey turn that senton that I mentioned into a triangle armbar that the champion would uh, be able to avoid for a little while. Then in the end sequence of this match, we see Ronda Rousey switch techniques into just some sort of chokehold that uh, Michael Cole couldn't pick up. They did say it at the very end of the match, but I can't remember exactly what they said off the top of my head. Uh, but this would lead to Morgan passing out. The ref got from the call of the match. And the key thing to watch when Morgan was passing out is that she was smiling the whole time she was passing out. After the match, she was still smiling as she was uh, on the ground as Ronda Rousey would start trash-talking Morgan uh, and also step on Morgan as she was uh, walking around the ring, fans booing the hell out of uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, showing that she is going to continue that heel that she is. Uh, but again, interesting thing in this match, a lot of you weren't happy about it, was the way Liv was acting at the end of the match. I think it's interesting, in my opinion. I actually enjoy it, because it shows I think that Liv is going to have a character change here uh, in the next coming weeks or month. Uh, and if you do go to her Twitter, her Twitter is gone all black. Her background and her profile are black. Same with Seth Rollins for some reason, which I'm kind of surprised about. So it'll be interesting to see what those two have planned here. Uh, but overall, a lot going on. Uh, so we'll see what the future livers live more again. As again, Ronda Rousey, the women's champion. Overall, okay match. Uh, just a lot of mistakes made in this match. It made it feel a little weird at points. Uh, just a little too aggressive, I think, at times as well. It just seemed like they're just flinging weapons at each other and slapping each other with weapons as much as they possibly could. Again, uh, but I, I would say this would be the worst match of the night, in my opinion. Which I guess is kind of a good thing to say if, if this is an okay match. Uh, but overall, all right, Ronda Rousey's champion. Okay, whatever. I mean, I'm not a big Ronda Rousey fan to begin with anyways. Uh, again, hopefully she doesn't hold the title for too long, in my opinion. But, again, Ronda Rousey is your SmackDown Women's Champion, and we'll see who will be next for her, uh, here in the future, because I believe Liv Morgan's about to turn heel here very, very soon. Next, we had a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match, as Imperium Gunther... Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci took on the brawling brutes, Seamus, Ridge Harlan, and Butch. As this one was an absolutely slugfest between all these guys. Kaiser and Vinci delivered the Imperium Bomb at ringside. was the first thing, that big move that happened in this one. The brutes also put a fun twist as Seamus' trademark clubbing blows were used by all three members of beating Gunther. Like a drum as they were just beating the crap out of him outside the ring. Then Sheamus would lock in the foul, uh, with the Cloverleaf after that on Gunther. Uh, of course, if you did not watch SmackDown on Sunday, Gunther tapped out twice, which wasn't really a tap out. So he tapped out three times. Apparently, that's a Brazilian tap out we found out. But Gunther also in pain in this one. Looked like he was about to tap once again. But Kaiser saved him by slapping it to the Shrelia against Sheamus' back. Uh, the six superstars uh, then would get an awesome chance. They're all laying down the ground. Uh, then Butcher land a stunning moon, uh, standing moonsault off the top of like a three-layer barrels uh, at ringside, taking out Kaiser and Vinci. Gunther utilized uh, the James's trademark Shigeli like he did on on Friday, uh, using a clothesline to take out Seamus. Uh, but Seamus would kick out this time, getting in the near fall. This made Gunther a little bit more uh, angry at this point. And as we got to the final moments of the match, Sheamus would finally get his revenge on Gunther by slapping him across the neck with a shillelagh as that inspired Butch and Holland also to use the shillelaghs to beat up on Kaiser and Vinci. Uh, the match then would close with Sheamus crushing Gunther uh, 
do the announce table with the Celtic Cross. Again, a move that we don't get to see too often, but we've seen it twice now at the Clashes of Champions and now at Extreme Rules. Then a Bruge kick to Vinci locked up this match and putting up a much-needed win for the Brutes. Again, absolutely fantastic match by these guys. Just what can you say? This group is putting on, like Jameis says, banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. It's been absolutely fantastic, fun to watch. I could watch these guys wrestle all year, even though I know at some point this rivalry would get a little stale, but they put on absolutely fantastic matches. And I'll say this right now. I don't care what anybody says. Sheamus and Gunther deserve a title match, at least a WWE Championship match by the end of the year. No questions asked at all. These two have been absolutely fantastic. They have been brilliant. They deserve a chance to not only just be in a title match, but win the WWE Championship at some point in the next year, in my opinion. Hell, even I'll give it two years even. These two deserve to hold the WWE Championship in the next two years. Sheamus definitely deserves one more run. He's been... He deserves it after everything he's been doing these last couple months. Uh, he's just been on fire and probably one of the maybe uh, best he's looked in his entire career right now. And Guthier, the newcomer in WWE here, he's the Angel Continental Champion, yes. But at some point, I need this, someone to put the rocket ship on this guy's back because he is absolutely incredible in the ring. He deserves everything uh, that he has coming to him here in the future. He will be a WWE Champion at some point. It just depends on when. So both these guys, absolutely fantastic job. Let's not forget their teammates as well. Kaiser and Vinci, I think they deserve a tag team title shot at some point here as well. They will hold titles in WWE here at some point. I'll tell you that much. Especially Holland and Butch, if they keep this group together for as long as I think they will. Uh, these two definitely also deserve to hit some tag team gold as well. Uh, but absolutely, again, another fantastic job by both these guys. I would say this was my second favorite. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard if this favorite to pick favorite match. This was a good one, though. I love this match. I would... Say it's in the top three, if anything. It's hard to pick my favorite match this night. I would say this was number two, I guess, if I had to pick anything for it. Uh, but overall, absolutely fantastic match by these guys. And again, keeping the fans entertained to begin the night with this match. And great job by all six men in this match. But again, the Brawling Brutes pick up the win in that one. Next, we have an I Quit match as we had Edge taking on Finn Balor. Uh... In this one, Balor began this match by targeting Edge's knee, which uh, he would do everything he can to take that out. Uh, then we'd see Edge finally turn the tables by tackling Balor through the timekeeper's barricade, which now allowed this match to go all over the arena. As we'd see it spill out to the kickoff stage, where Edge would whip out a hockey stick out of nowhere and start beating Balor with it, even using a cross face in his mouth as a submission hold on top of the desk. Balor then finally get some errors. He'd uh, repeatedly hit a steel chair against Edge's torso. Uh, these guys would go all through arena, all through the arena, and then finally make their way back into the ring. Uh, as we would see, Baylor uh, begging for mercy at one point as Edge would repeatedly dove out a chair into Baylor's leg. Edge would then lock in the trademark Educator uh, and smack Baylor upside the head while doing this. Uh, as this looked like, Baylor was about to tap out. Dungeons Day members Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio would come out and interfere. And an outlay, Edge would end up laying both out both of them with a spear uh, through the uh, apron. It took out they'll uh, took out all three men in that one. And then uh, Rhea Ripley would end up coming out of nowhere, handcuffing Edge to the ropes. Uh, ben Balor would, get, would start laughing at him as Priest and Dominic stood in front of Edge. Uh, Balor took a kendo stick at this point and start whacking the defenseless Edge. And to, to the back repeatedly. Finally, Rey Mysterio came running in to try to help Edge. 
He would lay out Priest and Baylor, but then it was just some Dominic who blindsided him and started beating the living hell out of his father. Oh, this was actually a pretty cool moment. Then, out of nowhere, Beth Phoenix emerges, saving her husband from any more damage as Phoenix would end up taking out Baylor and Rhea Ripley, freeing his, her husband's edge as she would end up taking the key from Ripley in that one. Edge then would have a face-to-face -face meeting with Dominic, who, if you did not watch Cast the Castle, we seen him kick Edge right in the balls. Well, we had the revenge for Edge in this one as he ended up kicking Dominic in the balls in this one. And then we'd have Ballard uh, take off a piece of steel chair that we would see him break off the chair and try to put Jared, uh, Ballard in the cross face. Again, like he did with the hockey stick, put it in his mouth and hold him back to try to pick up the win. But then out of nowhere, Ripley would clock Phoenix, uh, Beth Phoenix in the back of the head with some brass knuckles. She was knocked out cold on the ground as Edge was sitting there helpless watching her wife knocked out pretty much. Damian Priest and Dominic held him as... Ballard started talking. Uh, Ballard would get take, take him out. Hit three coups de gras, just like Edge hit three spears. I should mention that on Ballard. And then we would see Dominic and uh, Priest hold Edge up as we see Rear Ripley hold, get the chairs set for Concerto. Uh, at this point, Edge said, No, don't do it, don't do it. I quit, I quit, don't do it. And of course, the evilness of the Judgment Day. Made, I guess they didn't make, uh, they chose, Real Ripley chose to swing for the fetches and just do a nasty shot to the head of Phoenix with a trick toe, uh, leaving ending the match like that. As Judgment Day stood strong in the ramp play, uh, Best Phoenix is getting medical help in the ring. As Edge, again, did a great job acting, saying, I quit. As you could tell, he was devastated the whole time. He's saying, I quit, I quit, just stop it. Please just stop it. Uh, great job by Edge and everybody in that one. Uh, but overall, this was a great match as well. The interference just made things go absolutely crazy in this match. It was just back and forth. Everything was going on at one point. This is an absolutely amazing job uh, by everybody in this match as well. Now building up probably a Finn Ballard and Rhea Ripley match against Edge and Beth Phoenix. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at Survivor Series. Uh, but that will be an absolutely fantastic match to watch. Uh, but again, good job by everybody in this match. Again, there's been rumors that Finn Ballard is going to get a major push here at some point. So don't be surprised if Finn Ballard uh, is going to be winning match after match after match. Which again, good for Judgment Day in this as well. Because a, a, uh, a faction that looked very, very weak when Vince was, had his hands on it. Has now looked very, very strong this past month with Edge uh, Triple H taking control. So it's been very, very good. Uh, they are a very, very, very uh, fearsome thing in WWE right now. So we don't see where this Judgment Day they leads to, but I believe we're still going to have one more encounter between Finn Balor and Edge to uh, wrap up this rivalry, probably coming at Survivor Series. But last but not least, we'll talk about the final, the sixth and final match of the night. Uh, the strap match, this was the final match of the night, this is in the middle of the card, I should say. But the strap match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. the brawl kicked off before the bell, as we would see uh, Karrion Cross denied to put the strap around his uh, wrist, uh, he is playing mind games with Drew McIntyre, and the two would then start fighting in the ring. Uh, they fought through the crowd as McIntyre uh, was started at one point selling a dislocated shoulder before a cross would find put the strap on. We would see then uh, at one point McIntyre take advantage and start whipping like crazy uh, the strap across the back of Cross. Scott then didn't get involved and give Cross an opening to take over. 
Booze would erupt as we see Cross viciously smack in McIntyre with the strap as we would see Scarlett absolutely enjoying it next to him. Uh, then we would see these foes uh, start tormenting each other with lashes nonstop. Again, this match just was pretty much them whipping the living hell out of each other from down the dive. There were some vicious whips in this, too, that were louder than I thought Gunther slaps were at some point. But uh, McIntyre would get the better of the exchange and land a future shock DDT at one point. Uh, McIntyre would empty close the match with the Claymore, but Scarlett once again would get in between him and Cross. Then out of nowhere, we'd see Scarlett whip out uh, some spray which would it would look like pepper spray and spray McIntyre in the eyes uh this would allow cross to end up clock McIntyre in the back with the cross hammer forearm and be able to pick up the win in this one and beating Drew McIntyre again this was a good match nothing special in it nothing crazy uh but overall a good match uh, glad they gave Cross the win in this one because, again, a new guy in WWE. He's making his second comeback. His biggest match ever in WWE, and he picks up a win, which means good things for the future of Karrion Cross. Uh, yes, McIntyre lost, but he did lose in a dirty way, which doesn't hurt McIntyre, which is, I think is a good way to do it. Can't have McIntyre losing clean to Cross, I think, right away. Uh, again, people probably aren't happy because Scarlett got involved once again. Yes, I get that. Uh, and especially the way it was the, uh, the spray. Again, I'm okay with it. Again, I, I, you got to make... McIntyre the clean, I think, in his, this loss against Cross. I'm 100% fine with that. And he had to have Cross win this match. So, again, 100% okay overall with the end of this match. Uh, again, nothing too special in the match. This was a good, a good match, but nothing crazy. Uh, but overall, happy with the way this went. And it was a good match. That's the best way to put it. And again, carrying Cross, they have to win in this match. But overall, this pay-per-view, absolutely fantastic. Great matches across the board. Uh... I quit match between Edge and Ballard. Excellent. The uh, the the Imperium versus the Burling Brutes. Absolutely fantastic match. Absolutely incredible. Also, we had the ladder match between Beckler and Bailey. A good match in that part. A great match between Riddle and Seth Rollins in the main event in the fight pit match. And of course, who could forget the end of the show of the return of Bray Wyatt and the spectacle that he gave us all in that. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely great pay-per-view. I think the pay-per-view lived up to the hype. It it could be considered one of the best pay-per-views of the year, I think, for WWE. And overall, very, 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 very happy with how this pay-per-view went. And getting excited for Monday night because we have a season premiere of Monday Night Raw happening then. Um, then next week, we also have another pay-per-view for WWE, this time from NXT with Halloween Havoc. Uh, that should be fun to watch, but overall... Very happy with how this pay-per-view went. Uh, WWE's future looking very, very bright right now. Excited to see what this is going to lead to for the Bray Wyatt. I don't want to say Fiend, but it's not the Fiend anymore. It just looks like it's going to be Bray Wyatt now. So, let's see what that leads to. We'll see what everything leads to on Monday Night Raw. It looks like we're going to have a kind of somewhat of a restart as we get ready to go ahead into Crown Jewel. And also, we get ready for Survivor Slam in about a month and a half. So, a lot to build up on here in the next couple of weeks here. I uh, should mention that the show... In Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel will be happening uh, at the beginning of November. So we do know one match for that. That's going to be Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. So that will be an interesting one to keep an eye on as they build that up. Of course, on Friday, they didn't build that up too well. Uh, but again, good things coming up for here for WWE as the future unholds. But overall, again, this Extreme Rules pay-per-view was very, very good in my opinion. And it's getting a huge thumbs up from me. But that is all the wrestling I have to talk about here today. Thank you guys for tuning in with me. Don't forget for the latest, get the latest information on the show. You can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C O L E D 
T-A-L-K. Don't forget to message me questions or topics like to hear in the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to subscribe and or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Uh, the next episode I should be posting will be talking about on Tuesday, Monday Night Raw. We'll talk about what happened on Raw on Monday. Then we will also on Tuesday, I'll be doing a sports podcast talking about the MLB playoffs, which will be starting the ALDS on Tuesday and NLCS as well. Uh, NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, which is starting this week. Uh, a lot of big things happening in sports right now, so that will be airing on Tuesday as well. On Wednesday, I'll be talking about NXT and the NFL going into week six and what happened here in week five. Also on Thursday, we'll talk about AEW Dynamite. And then on Friday, I'm going to do a preview for the NXT pay-per-view, or premium live event, I should say, uh, for Halloween Havoc. Saturday, we'll talk about SmackDown, and then on Sunday, I believe the pay-per-view is on Saturday for Halloween Havoc. Might be on Sunday, though. Either Sunday or Monday, we will be doing a uh, my reaction to the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. So, keeping an eye on all those uh, shows coming out here in the next week. Uh, again, subscribe or follow to make sure you get alerts when those come out. Uh, thank you guys for joining me here today. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Again, I'm your host, Cole Martins, and you guys all have a great day.